0: So we'll see um, how far we get today, but um, God does have a plan for every human being. Uh, we have already established that he uh, began that plan. We, we know that his plan is good from uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So the plan of God is good, and uh, if you want to be a part of a good plan, then you're going to want to go to God. Isn't that right? You're going to want to um, <clears throat> talk to him about the plan. And, uh, in fact, there is, there is a plan for your life. There is a plan for this day. Isn't that right? And uh, sometimes uh, when we're in the moment, we're looking for God's plan. Isn't that right? And uh, oftentimes difficulty comes upon us. And the future um, is no longer in our face. We're looking at the moment. And God can give you a plan for the moment. Praise God. Ha ha. Isn't that wonderful? Ha ha ha. Thank God. Hallelujah. How many have been in those moments where you're like, dear God, I need you right now to tell me what, which direction to step, what to do, how to handle this, this thing that's right in my face. God is an in-your-face God. He knows what to do right now. Amen? And uh, so we, we are looking to Him for the plan. Uh, and uh, so the, the the happy hereafter, you know, actually, uh, no matter what you do, you still have to live it out one day at a time. Isn't that right? And uh, so, so uh, you know, you hear the, the whole, you know, Disney, you know, and they live happily ever after. Praise God. And it's like, oh. And everybody's thinking about that, but again, it's one day at a time. Uh, it's actually one hour at a time, one minute at a time. Isn't that right? And uh, so, so we look to God for the plan. He has a plan, and His plan is good. And when He's thinking about you, He's thinking about the good plan and uh, and so so, the enemy has lied we 've mentioned how he tries to deceive, tries to discourage, tries to make you feel like you are a stepchild. There are no stepchildren in the kingdom of God where there is only children there 's not even grandchildren. We are straight up, right out from him. we are his offspring, we were made in his image, his likeness, and we have the ability and the strength. And everything that God has given us to do, the tasks that He's called us to do. Praise God, Hallelujah. So, so um, just jumping back into uh, this real quick here in, in John six thirty seven in the Amplified, it says. All that my Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, never reject anyone who follows me. So we know that if you are sensing rejection, if you're feeling like a punk in the kingdom of God, it is not God that is making you feel that way. Y'all hearing me? Yeah, and you might be trying to compare yourself to the bulk of the body of Christ, and you feel condemned because the bulk of the body of Christ is this way or that way. You probably don't know all the information if you feel that way. All of us are working out, or should be, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And oftentimes, people want to help you with your walk, and they'll tell you, you should be doing X, Y, Z. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Well, listen, I have come to the place where that's my favorite scripture, because my response to them, rather than being rude, I'll say, we are all working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Praise God. And so I know they're, they're, they're trying to encourage me and say, you should be doing better things, greater things, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm thinking, you know, praise God. And I could easily go down that road and going, yeah, right, you're right. You know what I should be, you know? But in fact, in reality, I just have to go right back to that place and say, God, what is it that you want me to do today? And if he doesn't change what, That is, then I have to keep doing what he told me last and doing it of my best ability. Because it is only what God's called you to do that is the best. And you start chasing how cool everybody else is. And you start chasing uh, their... Uh, because, you, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's great to be blessed by different people's gifts. And we need to be and should be and should honor and love and appreciate. But recognize that that's what they're there to do. That doesn't mean you're supposed to do it too. I don't even try and preach like Pastor David. I don't like even preach like Pastor Mark. I don't try to preach like T.D. Jakes, even though I admire all these people. Amen. I admire them, but I do glean from them, I will admit. I said, so what is it about? Uh, Pastor Mark that just draws me in? What is it about Pastor David that helps people understand? What is it about T.D. Jakes that, that just draws people to him? What is it about, and we could go through a list, and, and I, could, I don't even have to ask about Minister Floyd because I just don't have his pipes. <laughs> but I do thank God for him. Amen. And, and thank God for my wife and, and that she ministers to the Lord and, and sings and, and gives glory to God. And, and our house becomes filled with God's presence as she worships and glorifies God. And, and people will come to our home and say, there's such peace here in this house. And we're like, really? And then all of a sudden I realize, oh, man, I've taken for granted something we enjoy that other people actually feel is tangible when they walk into it, and you're so thankful and grateful for this peace and this joy and and so so um we just lost our puppy- Pre- please pray for us yeah he's he's went home to be with the Lord, you know if any puppy was saved, max was yeah, yeah That boy, he knew the Lord, man, I'm telling you, yeah, but uh but uh, just, just uh, the grace of God, you know, for every circumstance and situation of life. And uh, what's funny about this particular situation, you know, just yesterday we brought our precious puppy. Uh, Caitlin and Eric brought our precious puppy to May Ling, who is just the sweetest, amazing, most amazing, uh, you know, veterinarian. And, uh, and she, she, excuse me, when I talk to her in this way, I should say Dr. Chin. <laughs> And uh, we know her as Mayling because she's our friend and we love her so much. But she is a doctor, you know. So she just receives this would be our second puppy that we've handed to her this way. And she just receives her and says, I will take care of, of him or her, Pastor Andy. And, and uh, so they, they left. And uh, so, so, so in the interim, though, so they come home, dog's gone. And I've got all this consciousness of the dog. And I keep thinking the dog's there. And, and, but while I'm doing this, I'm realizing um, of the loss that people suffer in the process. And sometimes the call of God on our life has loss involved of it. You say, Pastor, why are you using your dog for this illustration? Because, you know what, my mom went home a long time ago, and I had that experience. And it's real, but, but just this reminded me of people's pain people's hurt yeah. and how the call of god sometimes has some uh suffering involved praise the lord i'm trying to compare this to people but but i mean it is what it is i see his bed i see his his ball i see this uh, i i'm i'm studying i'm used to him snoring i'm like would you He's like, <laughs> well i'm sure glad you're relaxed Caitlin would say that me and the dog were in stereo many nights when we'd sleep, you know, <laughs> snoring, you know. Too funny, huh? But there's difficulty in life. There's difficulty. There's challenge. There's loss. And, and God helps us through all of those things. God strengthens us and gives us the ability to ford every challenge, go over every wall, every obstacle, because there are many so when I say there's a call of God on your life, I'm not saying that it isn't without hurt or without pain or without resistance or challenge. I'm just saying you, can, you are equal to and greater than any type of thing that would come against you. And there's some rough stuff. And we raise our children and train them up in the way they should go, right? And we trust God's hand will sustain them and that they will maintain their relationship with him. But they are grown, and so they have to walk this out now. Can we continue to stand for them? Absolutely, as you would with any for anyone, right? But if they fall, if they uh, go some way or another, you have to allow them to do that without it destroying your life. Do you understand? It causing you to fall apart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But he says he will never leave you. He will never leave you. Never forsake you. Man, that's great. It's great to know that how no matter how stupid you get, that there is an amazing coach... That's constantly drawing you back to him. Constantly talking to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah, we've we've actually uh, talked about this, but in Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 10 in the New Living Translation, uh, the Lord God gave me this message, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And so we see here the call of God on Jeremiah. And we've seen this um, as far as the Apostle Paul. We've seen this with Isaiah. We see how God calls us um, from our mother's womb. And it's an interesting statement But because literally, and we've said this, is that you were called before God said, let there be light. That God's plan for you was not a surprise. The challenges that you've had were not a surprise. Amen. You understand? God called you before the foundations of the world, just like Jesus Christ himself was crucified before the foundation of the world. It's like, how can you say that? Well, that means that God had it all laid out. Yeah. Yeah. You were in that plan, you were not a mistake, you are not a surprise. You are not an accident. You are a pur- on purpose. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. So in the um, Amplified of Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Now, you have to understand that, uh, that uh, you know, I realize that I, maybe I'm, I, I may prophesy, but I'm not necessarily a prophet to the nations, right? And there are different levels of prophets even. There's prophets to nations. There's prophets uh, to uh, a circle of, of churches, if you will. Uh, some of the prophets of old had a circuit they would run. In fact, um, uh, you know, we know that John actually functioned like that. And so he wrote to, guess what, the seven churches. And so, so there are different purposes even uh, within the body of Christ. But, um, uh, but each of you have an occupation, have a purpose, have, have something that God's got you doing. Um, it's interesting to note uh, the different occupations of the people who wrote the Bible. Have you ever considered that? Occupation? What do you mean occupations? Well, what was Paul? Does anybody know? He was a tent maker. He made tents. Isn't that interesting? Of course, he was also an apostle. Apostle slash tent maker. And of course, he started by saying, I am a servant. So he recognized himself as a servant first, which all of us could really use to do. My first title is serving And if you got that, keep that in perspective. At all times, you will do well because humility comes with knowing I am here to serve people. I am not here for moi. I am here for (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Hallelujah. (laughs) But uh, let me, uh, so there were, Two of the writers uh, were kings, David and Solomon. Two were priests, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Luke was what? Does anybody know? He was a doctor. doctor. That's right. He was a physician. Uh, Two were fishermen. Do you all know who they were? Peter Peter and John. Uh, Two were shepherds, Moses and Amos. Incidentally, Moses could be um, many things. When he, of course, uh, uh, left Egypt, uh, he became a shepherd. But before that, he was a statesman. He was like a politician. And he was also a general. Uh, y'all hear me? So there was many different occupations before. And these things, believe it or not, prepared him to lead 2 million people. And so it might be that you're in a position now, but it might be that God is preparing you for something much bigger. And so it's so vital for you to catch, to get, to receive, and to develop in the place that you're in. Why? Because it's for something even greater. There's greatness inside of you. Stop sizing yourself up in the morning. Stop reducing yourself to what you see in the mirror. Because the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, the all-powerful, almighty, ever-living, all-knowing, everything, he said, you are great. And his plans for you are good to give you an expected end. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, So Moses and Amos were shepherds, but that wasn't the only thing that Moses did. And uh, Paul, as we know, a Pharisee, a theologian, and a tent maker, as we said. Matthew was what? Does anybody know? Tax Tax collector. Praise (laughs) the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Does anybody know what Joshua would be considered? He'd be a general, a soldier, right? Nehemiah was a butler. What? A butler wrote the Bible? What? absolutely don't reduce yourself to this world's view of a position when it could be that your perspective from that position is going to offer something very critical very dynamic very specific for the body of christ praise the lord hallelujah glory to god and daniel was a statesman he was a politician and so uh, the, the, the development of your gifts and talents, I mean, think about Moses being floated down uh, the Nile and he gets connected to the daughter of Pharaoh. Did you know that the daughter of Pharaoh was Pharaoh for a little while? All we know is that, that when Charlton Heston was done with, you know, that's about what people, the end of their understanding, but, but she actually... Um, back then, it's twisted, but their religion um, had them hooking up the, the sons and daughters of Pharaohs yeah. so that they would have a child. And and, uh, and so, of course, we know that's counterproductive. But anyhow, so she, she actually became Pharaoh for a season and was known as one of the greatest Pharaohs. Why? Well, because they had the highest education, of course, not based on righteousness. Moses' education came from his mom as a baby. He was developed in those most prominent years and had the foundation for information. And therefore, his information that they were given him, he was able to have on the foundation of God, and eventually he turned down all of the wealth of Egypt, even the position of becoming Pharaoh, because he, though adopted, was qualified to be Pharaoh. You understand? Never underestimate your position. And over these many years, I just have to say, you know, um, people, because I was a youth pastor, right? Oh, I've always had a passion for young people. A desire for young people. And I had great men of God come in and, and, and stand over me and, and say, I remember when I was a youth pastor. I'm looking at them like, what? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not always, you know, you know I always have a filter. Anyway. So my response at that time was, do you suppose this is merely a stepping stone to greatness? And they were like, oh, and they walked off. Because why? I'm like, what are you saying? These youth are greatness as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Charles, Charles Finney, he would say that when I get a, a, a young person saved, it's a whole person. When I get an old person saved, it's a half a person. He's like, what what does that mean? Well, they have only half of their life left to serve God. But when he gets a young person saved, they have their whole life. (laughs) So he had a different perspective. And we've seen it. We've seen young people uh, that just look like they were a hot mess. And for sure, they're going to serve Satan the rest of their life. But we keep sowing into them, keep believing in them and talking to them. And at some point, the light comes on. And now they're making this extreme impact. Preaching the gospel, not just to youth, but to adults and churches and overseas. And, and so we, we never know the outcome. So what do we do? We do what God says. We keep sowing into people, believing that God can take them out of whatever circumstance or situation they're in. Hallelujah. So your life is, is a valuable life. Wouldn't you have liked to have been the one who got Billy Graham saved? Wouldn't you like to be the one who got Paul Yonggi Cho saved? Paul Yonggi Cho was uh, one of the first churches in uh, Korea. It was the first church in the world, really, to go over a million people. Wow. Now there are many. He broke a barrier. But it was just a little girl who talked to him about Jesus. Wow. Prayed, prayed with him to get healed. He was dying. And well, well, great is her reward. How important are you? Remember, every life, every person is precious and valuable. Never underestimate what God's called you to do. How about Jesus' disciples? I mean, you think about them. They were a hot mess. You think about the Bible in general. Look at I mean, even from the first, I would have had the first family be the leave it to beaver, you know, the perfect... But no, right out of the gate, the first kids, one of them kills the other. Dysfunction from jump street. And then we go out of that, we go into Abraham, you know, And you know, we're talking about him hooking up with the, the maid. And that just co- has caused the Earth major problems. That's what we have. The Muslims are the children, right? Oh, my gosh. And so, so, so we just look at God's program. In fact, it comes you know, to the, the point where God actually divorces Israel. Did you know that that's in the Bible? God don't believe in divorce. Well, he divorced them. He said, I'm done with you. Here's the paperwork. Isn't that crazy? So honestly, please... Understand that your dysfunction is not the end of the story. Your challenges in your family are not the end of the story. If I was God, I would have wrote it differently to make myself look better. Y'all with me? But no, he put it all out there for us. He put it all out there for us so we could see that I can have dominion. Challenge, difficulty, dysfunction do not dictate the end of my story. Y'all with me? Don't get me wrong. I am grateful. I am thankful for God's grace and God's hand on my family, on my children. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful for His grace. It is his grace. It is his mercy. Joseph um, is my son, married to an amazing woman of God, Vanessa. And I'm so thankful for, for them being here in the house of God, serving the kingdom of God, the purpose of God. They love Jesus. Well, there is no amount of money on this earth for that. I'm grateful and thankful. Do you believe it was because my my great attention to detail or because of my godliness or piety, uh, because Caitlin and I are such amazing parents. You could, you could go on and on talking about that thing. No, it's all the mercy and grace, the goodness of God, plus nothing. My greatest fear for making a child is that he would be like me. I knew there was things in me that wasn't exactly perfect. And I would pray. I mean, child in the womb, I'm like, Lord God, just save him from the stupid I was involved in in my life. God, your grace helped me to influence these children in the way that you would have me to influence them. And so he would intervene and he would talk to me. And there was periods where he'd say, you need to jump off your train and you need to spend some time with Benjamin. Yes, sir. Began to lean in and, and, and see. well, God, okay, I'm here. What is it that he needs? He just needs you there. And then you start paying attention. And he said for me to make some decisions or with some friends uh, that he should not have had. And uh, I said, lose his number. Don't answer the phone. No. He said, gee, Pastor, that's pretty rough. What's even rougher is he's one of the youth. So I have a responsibility to the kid who I am cutting off from my kid because there are scriptures you just can't violate. Well, what about love and believing? And, well, what about the fact that, uh, you know, bad company corrupts good morals? Yeah, and if if people are stuck on stupid, I can't ignore that. I'm going to love them and minister to them as their youth pastor, but I'm not going to move them into my home. And let my kid, without my view, hang out. A child left to himself will bring shame to his mother. And so, again, when we come to the end of the story, I'm thankful and grateful for the virtue in my home and my family and and, uh, give him all the glory. But I'm going to just keep doing what God's called me to do and thank God for that. And if everybody, listen, if everybody leaves Jesus, I, by the grace of God, will not. I will not. If I am abandoned by all human beings. Praise God. Remember Elijah? He's like, I'm the only one left. There's no one else. God's like, shut up. I've got a whole bunch of people that have not bowed their knee to Baal. He's like, oh, really? There's always more. God always preserves a remnant. Thank God. I'd like to know that I'm one of those. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have uh, uh, Jesus uh, actually, you know, had the uh, Jordan Management Consultant Company in Jerusalem. He turned in uh, the resumes of his disciples. And uh, so so this is... Uh, A response, Dear Sir, thank you for submitting the resume of the 12 men you have picked for managerial positions in your new organization. All of them have now taken our battery of tests, and we have not only run the results through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. The profiles of all tests are included, and you'll want to study each of them carefully. As part of our service, we make some general comments for our guidance, much as an auditor will include some general statements. This is given as a result of staff consultation and comes without any additional fee. It is a staff opinion that most of your nominees are lacking in background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept we would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capability. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel that it is our duty to tell you that Matthew had been blacklisted from the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. (laughs) (laughs) James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings, and they both registered a high score in the manic-depressive scale. (laughs) One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind and has contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller. <laughs> as your controller and right-hand man. All of the others profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely, Jordan Management Consultants. Praise the Lord. Well, those of you who um, know the Gospels and are familiar with the Gospels and these men know that they were not perfect. But yet, in fact, it, like uh, some of them um, really actually have no significant thing that they did. The founding apostles, you don't read much about anything they did. Isn't that interesting? But yet their names will be written on the foundation of the new Jerusalem. Isn't that amazing? Why is that? Because God sees significance in each one of us that this world does not recognize. Do you understand? In so much that the foundation of the church would have someone who we don't even know hardly anything about other than he was a part of the team. And sometimes you feel insignificant being a part of the team But yet, it seems as though you don't get the recognition that you feel like you should have. Well, guess what? He who is, who was, and is, and is to come recognizes your significance, recognizes what you are carrying, the value of the supply that you have. Praise God. Hallelujah. And his mighty hand is upon you for good. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Proverbs 19.21. Proverbs 19.21. This is the common English Bible. It says, Many plans are in a person's mind, but the Lord's purpose will succeed. What will succeed? The Lord's purpose. My whole premise for talking about the call of God is to say that there is a plan, there is a call individually for each and every person, It is worth actually pressing in, and we called it when we began, the mark, isn't that right? The mark, the high calling of God, that God has for you so that you can do what? Succeed in life. Success to God looks different than the world's. Success to this world is if you have money and everybody knows who you are. But I I would venture to say that we are going to see In God's program, people on the platform in his hall of fame who nobody knew. People that stood for what he stood for, cried out for what he was crying out for. They knew the heart of God. They realized the plan of God for their life. With no fanfare, with no payment, with no recognition. But yet God put his approval and his hand upon them. And he will honor them, because they honored him. We could ask for no more than to stand before him and have him say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank